0: morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the Old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Chris Carlone. He's a filmmaker bringing us the documentary A Tale of Two Houses, which highlights a special time in Tucson music history between the years of 1983 and 1989. Today is July 9th, 2023, and my name is Tom Heath. You're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From Maybound to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on Downtown Radio. Dot org, also available on your iPhone or Android with our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app, and of course on the show you can interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are Life Along the Streetcar on those platforms. Uh, if you want information on our show, our book, past episodes, contact us. Uh, even listen to old uh, uh, old shows here. Head over to Life Along the Streetcar dot org, and uh, you know always listen to that podcast. well We're going to jump right into our feature story today because that's a great one not that we don't always have great ones but this is a great one chris carlone he's a multi-talented artist and he is a filmmaker who is documenting the history of two specific houses on speedway that were known for uh, the music scene in the 1980s Uh, it's going to be released soon here at hoko fest so we wanted to sit down with him and get the inside scoop and we are joined today by Chris Carlone and looking at his bio has done every type of art form imaginable. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see that you're doing a documentary about another art form in music. But Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thanks so much, Tom. It's great to be here. And I'm so excited to get to, to talk to you.
0: Yeah, I love the the concept. And we'll get into the to the documentary shortly. But I was looking at your bio, like getting prepped for this. And seriously, like you're a musician, you're an actor, you're a photographer, you're a dancer. Uh, I mean, good heavens, like if it's art, you do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I always kind of, uh, I always wish that I was one of those people that was just like, I'm a drummer and that's it. And you just like, you just hone in on one thing. And, and I would be really, really good, um, at any of those things that, that I do, which I, you know, um, I get into, I get into heavily and, um, you know, and, and at this point in my life, actually, I'm really glad that I've done so many different things, but sometimes I think to myself, how oh, would it have just been easier to be. You know,
0: to yeah. just pick one, <laughs> just you know, but, to do something and then have yes. be able to kind of figure out a routine and not uh, all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Although the variety, I, I've got to imagine the variety and the crossover. I, I'm sure each one of these sort of disciplines bleeds into the next one, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, That like I was saying, it's like, um, now at this point in my life, I'm, I'm really glad that I've, I've, explored so many different things and put good time into lots of different, um, art forms and exactly something like editing. It's, it's the type of art form that combines so many things. Um, and I think that, that, you know, having done so many things only really helps, um, in telling a good story. And, and so it's, yeah, it's great. I'm glad, I'm glad to be where I'm at right now with, with, with everything. So.
0: And are you from Tucson originally or where did you hail from?
1: Um, I moved around a lot growing up. Um, I was born in Miami and then I lived in uh, I lived in a little town outside of New Orleans um and then I lived in southern California and then when I was 16 I moved to Tucson um in 1986 and um I was here from 86 to 91. So I left when I was 21 years old for San Francisco and I always stayed connected with Tucson. So, um, you know, I still have a ton of friends here that are artists and musicians. And, um, it, it always felt every time I'd come here for a visit, like, which I would regularly do regularly do, it always kind of felt like home and, um, ended up moving back here, um, during COVID a couple of years ago. Um, my wife, her father uh, lived here. And when we met in Brooklyn, we both had that in common that she had the Tucson connection, which was really random and cool. And yeah. And then during COVID, she um, lives on 10 acres of land up in Oro Valley and um, is getting older and needed some help and offered us to live in the guest house and... I was so ready to leave New York and so excited to come back to Tucson. So it's been, it's been such a, an easy and great transition. And it's been really interesting to see how the city has changed and um, how it's grown and, you know, all the good and bad ways. And, you know um, but yeah, I feel Tucson's always been felt like home and, you know, it's great to be back.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well we're we're I, I know we're we're glad to have you back and then you know that that kind of it's it's interesting then that that this, this documentary that you're working on, um, a tale of two houses. So it, this, this is about, well, we'll, we'll dive into that for a moment, but you moved here in the, in, in the eighties. So I moved here in the nineties. And what I learned from the nineties was that the music scene in the eighties was crazy. Like it had kind of mellowed out by the nineties, but there was a lot of really intense, uh, and some of these, these bands are still around today, but there's a lot of intense music happening in Tucson uh, in the eighties. And that's like, right when you landed here. So I'm assuming you kind of got pulled into that
1: definitely i mean music was always something you know when i first moved here was really when i first started playing music when i was like 16 but i mean since i was music has always been one of the most important things in my life and so coming here from southern california i thought you know, and I was 16, I was, my immediate attitude was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I I was in, you know, the, the Mecca of like cool underground music. And now I have to move to this little desert town and this is awful. And I quickly found out that there was a thriving music scene here. And, um, I just found my way in pretty quickly. And, and, um, and one of the, w- the ways I found, um, into that scene was through these two houses. And I was, I was just a you know, a kid in high school living on the East side, but, um, you know, it was small enough that you could, if you were, um, if, if you were into underground music that you would, you know, you can find each other in this sort of pre-digital age. And so, um, yeah, so I, I quickly found out that Tucson was actually really cool. And I, I quickly made friends and found out that people here were, were just actually great. You know, I was like, Oh, people are nice here.
2: <laughs>
0: compared to like Orange County. I, I've, heard, they, I've heard that from know. a lot of people that lived in these large, you know, like these cultural centers they you're so excited to be uh, in LA or New York where all the art is. And, and, but then when they moved to Tucson, like, well, I found not only my niche, but, like people were like nice to me, and I could, I could exactly, co- I could collaborate and play, and I wasn't shut out of things. It was really exactly that was it. Yeah. I think that I, yeah, I love that. So, so then tell us physically about these two houses, and then we'll get into the documentary. We're talking, we're literally talking about two physical structures in which there's a lot of uh, apparently a lot of underground music happening here in Tucson in the eighties.
1: Yeah. So um, the houses are both still there and they're on the corner of Speedway and Euclid. And, um, they used to sit directly next to Tucson's only late night um, fast food restaurant called greasy Tony's. Mm. And it's really interesting because greasy Tony's had two locations at the time. One was in, um, new Brunswick, New Jersey, and the other, uh, in Tucson, Arizona, go figure. Um, and so, um, this little corner was not only one of the busiest corners in Tucson, um, street corners in all of Tucson, but you've got this sort of these two houses that became like sort of the epicenter of underground music in Tucson, sitting next to the only late night restaurant right in the middle of, you know, university area which you know there's there's just so much traffic and and random people coming into greasy town and hearing music going over to the houses and then you've got directly across the street the circle k which kind of like you know was part of the the that like core, you know, vortex. It, it, it,
0: it's hard to find a, a better location for for this to uh, to happen. You've got all the essential food groups and necessities right there at your disposal.
1: That's right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so now, um, you know, being back here, what, 30 something years later, um, Greasy Tony's is gone, um, taken up by giant student housing, which is just it's kind of mind blowing. Um, and it really was sort of the inspiration for the film, um, driving by, you know, I knew that greasy Tones was gone, but it kind of like having not seen it in so long, it was like, Whoa, is, am I in Tucson? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just this wall of like, I mean, literally I've got these, um, great, um, drone shots and it, it literally looks like this giant gigantic wall of buildings that is just kind of creeping in and like, um, you know, it's like, how can these two houses, there's actually three houses, but how can they, um, you know, be, a, be around for much longer? You know, they're, uh, they're, you know, they look like they're going to get swallowed up.
0: Yeah. They, they definitely, you look at the, just the, like the Google maps of that and, and you can see the two houses cause I looked them up, but you're, you're right. It, it definitely looks like that, that image of, of the city just sort of encroaching all around it. And it, at some point they're, they're probably just going to be gone. Yeah, definitely. We're talking with Chris Carlone. He's a filmmaker, among many other artistic talents. He is the brainchild behind the documentary, A Tale of Two Houses. It talks about this really interesting time in Tucson music history in the 1980s. And we'll be back to finish up the second half of that interview in just a moment. But first of all, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org.
2: This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to LifeAlongTheStreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal Housing Opportunity.
0: If you are just joining us, our feature today is with a a local artist and filmmaker named Chris Carlone. He is working on a documentary called A Tale of Two Houses, and it tells the story of two properties on Speedway, uh, right there in the corner of Euclid and Speedway, that were uh, known for their music scene in the uh, 1980s. 1983 to 1989 is the time frame of this documentary. And we're going to talk a little bit more with Chris now about how he uh, really kind of pulled all this together get this idea, you know, What I spent some good years there and I want to, I don't, this, this might be gone. So I want to document this, this history. Is that kind of how this starts?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I I was driving by and I was like, Oh, there's my old house. And, and, you know, I, I just have such fond, you know, deep, dear feelings for these two houses. And, and then I, yeah, I get this idea that, and I think, well, I should just make a cool little like 15 minute, Documentary to throw up on YouTube and, you know, as a thing to sort of give to the people who were there at the time. And and it would mostly just be about David Forbes, the the guy who kind of started it all. And um, he's just a genius and an interesting person um, on his own. That you could do a documentary about, but um, but yeah, just thought I'd do a little fifteen minute thing on YouTube, and the next thing I knew I had um interviewed like forty people, and I was like, "Oh my God, what am i doing <laughs> what what have I done <laughs>
0: so yeah." I mean you have a filmmaking background. So this isn't just like something you just popped up and said, Oh, I'm gonna do this. I mean, you're a photographer, you've got uh, like you've done other films and in, in, in a lot of different uh genres as well.
1: Yeah, I've done I've done um a couple of short films of my own. And I've I've edited a few features that I was part of an editing team on. So um, you know, and I've done tons of trailers and I've done like at least a hundred music videos. That's kind of my bread and butter because, you know, being a musician, um, you know, that's kind of what got me into editing to begin with was making music videos for my own bands. And so yeah, so music videos was sort of my specialty. But yeah, I've done a, a few short films and edited with on a team uh, a, a few features. But this is something I've never. I've never really taken on something like this before. And it's been, it's been, oh my gosh, such a ride. Um, and yeah, I've, um, there was about five months where I just completely put it down and was like, I can't even look at this. That was the, you know, I feel like it's sort of the hero's journey where you're just like, you don't want to see it in front of you. And you're just like, you know, you have to go through all the stages of it, you know, of Mm -hmm. like, of like being so inspired and you jump in and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, wait, what have I done? <laughs> and how am I going to get to the end? And, you know, so it's been a great learning experience as an artist to, to see this thing through. And Is there, you know, is, is, there
0: is there like a lot of footage? Cause this was in the eighties. So, I mean, they're working like camcorders and stuff. Are there, are there video footages that you found or are you just doing interviews or how's this coming together?
1: That's a great question. Um, there is not a lot of footage and, um, there is, enough though but it's i of course wish there was so much more so um a big part of the story talks about um about community cable access which is basically you probably remember it was Mm -hmm. like you know you could become a member of the Tucson Community Cable, and they would basically take classes there. They would give you equipment to use, um, and eventually they would give you your own show. And so um, there is a guy named Chris Wagner who um, had his own show and is a really talented um, camera person and just, you know, really just was inspired to. Um, shoot these, shoot some parties, some live parties at 818 Speedway um, where he, there would basically be like five or six bands and he would, it would be a big party and the whole thing would be like live on um, community cable. So luckily we've got these great great footage that's just really amazing of, of house parties at 818. Um, and as far as the scene goes, I've got footage from um, three different people that were at a T triple C. And so we've got some great stuff of, of different bands from that time, but as far as the houses go, one of the houses I've got lots of great footage and the other one, there is no footage amazing stories but i i employed some awesome tucson illustrators to help tell the stories and give you know visuals and pictures and and um and animations as well hmm. um chris Holloman of the river roses who was a big part of the scene his daughter is a really talented animator and so she's doing um some animation for for the film as well interesting. so interesting so, yeah so it's it's so it's it's a, it's a mix of media as well exactly there's um, animations illustrations there's a lot of f- some really cool um footage that hasn't been seen before and um from denise webb from charles alfred brown and chris wagner who were all part of t triple c they've and, been
0: really kind to, to donate the footage and is your documentary is it out is it finished are you working on it what's the status it's done well it's
1: not completely done but the edit of the film is done it, it clocks in at an hour and 32 minutes i'm really proud of that and excited because i was like this is <laughs> it's going to be like four hours or something yeah. but um no it's a, a an hour and 32 minutes so it's a feature and i have finished the edit and now i'm sort of going back through it and making other little edits and and um showing it to a few people and, and getting their feedback and and just waiting on some final animation stuff and after effects work. And um, just to sort of, you know, give it a little gloss over and add, you know, the finishing touches.
0: When do you think we'll be able to see it?
1: Well, we're going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be part of the Hoko Fest. It's going to premiere at Hoko Fest and um, it will be, at the loft on Saturday, September second at two o'clock
0: will be its premiere. Oh, so it's got it's got a date and everything. So we're 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 not too far out from that.
1: Oh yeah, it's on. And um, also, uh, the next day it will be showing at the screening room on Congress Street, and I'm not exactly sure of the time. I will... I want to say two, but that could be wrong. So I, I need does, to... to does
0: the screening room feel... I mean, I, I love The Loft, but the screening room feels really right for me for, for debut or for for showing this film. It's just sort of got that, that sort of current grungy underground uh, feel.
1: Yeah, to I'm it. I'm very happy that it, it's going to get a chance to be at both. Uh, you know, my my immediate, like, dream was like, this has to be on the big screen at The Loft. Oh, which, yeah, absolutely. It's a in, great Which theater. it is. And, you know, because for me, I I you know, I was, uh, the loft is, is a special place just from being a teenager and being a regular at the, at the old, at the old loft when it was the new loft. And, um, and so yeah, both of them are, are, are special locations. I mean, the the location of the screening room, um, used to be, uh, you know, many different variations of, you know, underground punk clubs as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a, like you said, it's a, also a perfect location as well. So I'm, I'm honored to, to really to have my film in both of both places.
0: So. And how do people follow you? Is there, do you have uh, Instagram, Facebook or his website?
1: Yeah, I've got, um, an Instagram, uh, a tale of two houses documentary, um, is the Instagram. And then there's a Facebook page as well with the same name. Um, and there's a website now, which is, you know, very basic, but it's got a place to, you know, if you'd like to donate to the film, there's a, it's got a link to the GoFundMe there. And there's, you know, a bio and there's like an updated video from me on, on where the project is at. Um, and there's a teaser trailer on there as well. And so, um, yeah, so there's three places you can find info about the movie
0: and we'll, we'll of course link to all of those from our facebook page on uh, life along the Streetcar. And oh
1: that's wonderful
0: thank you so much and definitely going to be uh, out to, to learn more about the about this documentary well chris thank you so much for joining us it's been chris carlone he is the uh, multi-talented multi-faceted artist creating a documentary called a tale of two houses which is covering a period of time and music history here in tucson from in the mid 80s to late 80s and uh man i'm i'm I, I just love when someone grabs their passion and, and brings it together in a way that, that brings it to a generation like myself. I moved here in the nineties. I missed everything that you're showing, but I, I still feel the effects of it because some of those bands are still out there. So it's, it's going to be great to see how some of these people got their, their, their start here in Tucson.
1: I'm so glad. And that's kind of what I'm hoping is for me. It's, it's kind of like a a gift to first and foremost to, anybody who was a part of that scene at that time. And then after that, I would, it would be really wonderful, you know, for Tucsonans that um, are interested to, to just kind of get a sense of, uh, of that time in Tucson history, and which I think it seems, you know, really special to me now, and it will speak to others as
0: well. It will speak to others that has spoken to me. That was uh, Chris Carlone, filmmaker, bringing us A Tale of Two Houses. Uh, I was on their Facebook page doing a little prep for the show, looking at their website and such, and uh, there's some fun footage back there from uh, from the day. I think he, uh, he talked about that, where he was uh, able to kind of track it down from uh, Chris Wagoner, who was doing that access television. Uh, I think it was called The Electric Window. Um, but it's fun to listen to some of these old bands and, and uh, just just see some really great 80s music. Well, my name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Lifelong Streetcar on Downtown Radio, at 99.1 FM, and streaming at downtownradio.org.
2: Support for Downtown Radio is provided by the Tucson Gallery, located in downtown Tucson inside of the proper shops at 300 East Congress Street. The Tucson Gallery offers original work, reproductions, and merchandise from Tucson artists, like Joe Padgick, Jessica Gonzalez, Ignacio Garcia, and many more. For information about all the artists, including when they will be live at the gallery, head to Gallery.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook as Tucson Gallery.
0: Such a fitting show for a rock and roll volunteer-run radio station. I want to thank Chris Carlone for being with us here for episode number 255. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see that uh, that documentary uh, roll out at HocoFest Fest, and, and the whole lineup is being announced soon. If you want to learn more about HocoFest, Fest, you can head over to uh, our our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. Just type in HocoFest Fest in the search bar there, and you'll hear our story with Matt Paquet. Uh, Matt is the one of the organizers of HOKO Fest has really kind of taken this project on and uh, we interviewed him last year for, uh, for the first time talking about HOKO Fest and so appropriate that we now have uh, another story to tell about this impact of this event that happens annually here in Tucson. Uh, that is in September so we're a few months ahead. Wanted to make sure you had time to prepare for that. And uh, we've got some really good shows coming up. I think we talked about this last week. We've got local uh, news, uh, you know people that have independently gone out and created the uh, the luminaria to help us uh, get accurate information about what's happening in our city, mainly in the political structure. Um, we also have folks from uh, we have an interview with uh, Ayla from Borderlands, uh, one of the uh, few I believe um, uh, female. Uh, beer makers around so that'll be joining us here later in in july as well but again a huge thanks to chris uh, carlone check out their website check out their facebook page we'll link to all of that you can head over to our facebook page life along the Streetcar, if you want more information and while you're there hit us up or tag us in something you would like us to cover or share instagram facebook great ways to connect us to uh, to the world or uh, the story with Chris came through us, uh, to us through our website. Someone had uh, sent us a note there on the contact button and that you've got to talk to this uh, guy putting on this documentary and we said, okay, we will do that. We will do what we are told. It's as simple as that sometimes. Hey, we're going to leave you with music today um, from uh, YouTube. This is some footage, I believe, from Chris Wagoner on the public access television show, The Electric Window, that he was doing. Uh, The band is called Phantom Limbs. The song is called Stigma. I hope you enjoy it. My name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a great week, and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.